Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. The word purpose is used often in the circles that I run in, and maybe in yours too. I often speak to the evolving nature of purpose, that it's it's not a know it and you're done kind of thing. And, and, and I find often that's really helpful for people who want to get this, okay, what's my overall main, you know, my thing in life, and they don't realize that it is an evolving kind of thing. What does purpose have to do with your soul's plan? So why I'm asking these questions is that uh, we're going to talk today about Akashic Records. And even if you're familiar with Akashic Records, you may not know how they can reveal your soul's plan for you in your life. And my guest today has a profound relationship with the Akashic Records and wants to teach you how to access them. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to take the Creative Innovator quiz and discover your Creative Innovator style so that you can open your flow and bring your great ideas into reality. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. So my guest today is someone that I'm very, very pleased to to welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio and to bring this whole conversation into being. Um, It is, and she is Lisa Barnett. Welcome, Lisa, who is an international best-selling author of The Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records and From Questioning to Knowing, 73 Prayers to Transform Your Life. And her third book is Your Soul Has a Plan, Awaken to Your Life Purpose. And that's available in August 2021. And perhaps as this show is airing, it's just coming out. The timing, you know, timing can work out that way. Um, Lisa is the founder of Akashic Knowing School of Wisdom, where she specializes in teaching you to access personal soul wisdom and guidance to transform your life working directly with your soul's plan and support of the Akashic Record Keepers. As well, Lisa offers Akashic reading and quantum healing sessions to heal old soul contracts, and we'll hear some about that, and to release karma and vows, helping individuals align with their soul's purpose. Welcome, Lisa Barnett. I am really delighted to have you here on Wisdom Talk Radio. Thank you, Lori. I am so excited to to have this conversation and share some of this ancient wisdom with your listeners. Mm. So I, I think we need to kind of paint a picture first so that everybody in our listening audience is, is um, able to have a uh, a place to begin, you know, whether they're really familiar and know a lot about Akashic Records or they've never even heard the term. Can you give us a taste, a little short summary of what the Akashic Records are? Absolutely. So the Akashic Records are the recording of your soul's journey throughout time. So when we 
kind of imagine that at some point we individuate from source and your soul travels and journeys and lives in different dimensions and places and planes and everything you've ever done not only here on earth, but everywhere and kind of those even lives in between are recorded in your Akasha record. So I like to imagine it like a big library. And the lovely thing is that your soul has not only a library, but its very own librarians. So these beautiful Akashic (laughs) record keepers who are here in service really just to you. That's beautiful. That I, I love that idea and the image that I have my own librarian because <laughs> actually when I was really young, even in elementary school, it was the librarian that was the person that really uh, supported me in my life mm. and let me read the books, you know, that I shouldn't have been allowed to read and, and move into those dimensions that I wouldn't have known about. Mm. So, uh, so <laughs> How perfect, right? I really, I love it. Yeah, yes. You've had the experience really, right, as a human. Mm-hmm. And then when we take that concept that these beings are here. So when you say, I'd like to know about whatever it is, mm-hmm. big question for you, mm-hmm. they can guide you to that section that, ah. you know, you might not normally find, or know about. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so then take us into what you mean um, by soul plan and, and, and how that relates to, well, we'll get to purpose, but just how that relates to the little librarian and, um, and our own lives. Right. So before we individuate, into a body, into a new individualized body each lifetime, we really want to write a plan. We come with a purpose. And of course, you know, we'll talk more about that. But we say, who do I want to be with? Who do I want to support? Maybe who do I want to learn from? So, of course, we have our mentors and we also learn through challenges. Mm-hmm. So who might those be with? What gifts and talents do I want to bring with me so I can share them with humanity, whether we do it in really big ways or in small ways? Mm-hmm. It may be something that you um you could even imagine like being a chef or just loving to cook or, or bake say, and you Mm -hmm. just share that with your family. Mm -hmm. And then for some, they may say, I love this so much and they turn it into a business. But these are kind of ideas of like a simple gift or a talent. And of course, so many of them are ones that we use in a bigger way in our life mm-hmm. with our work, with, you know, with creating a business, um, with our families and our communities. And so, of course, we have many, many different gifts and talents we bring with us. Mm-hmm. And we have really an idea of how we want to grow as a soul, because I always say that's one of the biggest purposes is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. becoming a wiser soul. Yeah. And so if that's the bigger purpose, then everything else kind of falls under that, so to speak. Where do we, hmm, why do we choose one thing over another? 
you know, what the record keepers say is we can often be kind of cyclical mm -hmm. um, compared to linear. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have many lives where we have, you know, become um, very gifted in, say, one specific talent. Mm -hmm. And we may have that in, say, a dozen lives. So mm -hmm. we're very actualized in that talent or gift, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And so there are some lives we say, you know, I love that love doing that, whatever it might be. I want that to kind of bring that gift again. And that will be part of my work or what I do. Mm -hmm. But in that other um, side of purposes and, you know, why do we pick one thing over another? Mm -hmm. We reach points in our karmic patterns where we say, I'm trying to learn and grow around this challenge. Mm -hmm. And I've tried it this way and I've tried it that way and I've done it with this person and I've done it with that person and I'm still not complete. Yeah. And so I'm going to try again. And so we often have a few different of these kind of karmic patterns or things we want to learn about or things we really want to understand. And often the kind of end game to that understanding is us teaching that to someone else ah in the other dimensions or in the or earth plane here really uh -huh. here on on the earth plane so we you know we're we're complex because of course we're ancient and the record keepers always said, if you had one purpose, you would be bored out of your mind, <laughs> right? <laughs> Goes so, to my point of it's not a one and done kind of thing. Exactly. You would be like, now what do I do? I'm 20 years old and I figured that out. Now what? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> So, um, so we make it very complex and often quite convoluted. And so often when we have a soul growth plan, something we want to learn about, and, and often they are in relationship, right? So whether it's about love or it's about compassion or forgiveness, often it's about kind of the base um, emotions of um blame or um, jealousy or guilt or victimhood, all of these kinds of aspects that, that most of us have or have worked through. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's part of really the big plan. And when we get it, right, when we get that, aha, I get mm -hmm. I'm all done being jealous forevermore <laughs> because I understand something way bigger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then often we share that with other people, whether it's a neighbor that comes to us with a similar challenge or our children, or we decide to go off and actually teach that in a workshop or write a book about it because it was such a profound epiphany for us. Mm -hmm. We bring this wisdom out in a bigger way. We really are very much here as teachers very often, you know, in, again, different ways, different levels. Um, so we have very kind of big archetypes when we think about some of our purpose. Also, it can be almost more, more of that kind of um, 
idea of the teacher who could be teaching a, a, a first grade class or at university or just teaching your children. Yes, yes. And that all of that is equally important. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So then, so then you've had that epiphany. Take me on this journey. We've had, you've, I've, I've had this epiphany. I really understand. I really get it. So that that pattern is complete. It is not present in my cells anymore. Right. And even if I, if I teach that at some point, my experience has been, I can't keep on teaching that which I have completed. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, what? Absolutely. What? Yeah. And I, I agree. So it's interesting because what we often will notice is someone will, maybe they'll write a book, mm-hmm. they'll talk about it for a year or two, and mm-hmm. then they're kind of done. Right. Yes, yes. And so then another layer comes in or a deeper epiphany. It could be around that same subject, but in a bigger, deeper way. And mm-hmm. then maybe it goes on to be uh, um, even more expansive teaching. Mm-hmm. teaching. Um, or sometimes we really, you know, do a 180 and mm-hmm. we're like, okay, I'm really complete with that. And I know there's more things for me to learn and to do and other ways to grow. And so we go on with our other purposes. And so is your experience that... Um, when we come in with a soul plan, that all of that, all of those different um, directions or purposes may be, in fact, part of that soul plan? Yes, absolutely. So it's it's not simple in the sense that um, we make many different soul contracts with people, other people, to support each other, to learn lessons, to um, you know, to share wisdom, to to be partners of different kinds. So, mm-hmm. so you might have a. Um, so let me just give you an example. Say you you write a couple of soul contracts with significant partners that could be marriage partners or not. Maybe they're just significant partners. Maybe you live together for 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And you just never marry because that wasn't an important aspect in your life. Mm-hmm. But before you met that partner that you've now been with for 20 whatever plus years, you had a partner for about two years. Mm. And that partnership was more about learning and growth. And the learning turned out to be, of course, you don't know it when you go in, usually, you know, but, but the learning turned out around um, kind of self-empowerment, mm. which also turns out to be I can't save you. Yes. And so we often will marry people that we want to help or save if we have that kind of um, really service-oriented, support-oriented soul contracts, personality. Sometimes it turns into codependence. And so we might have... um, part of our plan is to understand how we can support people, but not be codependent and not get locked into a story and always having to save them. And sometimes it might be something a little bit more simple where it's like, okay, I married this person. We all seem good the first year. And then when everything falls apart for them, we try and save them. We try and fix them. We try and help them, but they're really not interested. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then we think, well, let's see. I don't think I can save you without you wanting to save yourself. <laughs> right? Right, right. So when we can learn that for ourselves, maybe sooner than later, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to go on and then have those relationships that are more mutually supportive. Yeah. You know, so we can move into balance. Mm-hmm. And so often when we look at our lives and we go back to our early relationships, I don't think it's unusual that we go through some of those patterns mm-hmm. with our early relationships. It could be with your best friend when you were in sixth grade and you realized, darn it, I am not going to be her whipping post anymore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's not very nice or he's right. not very nice, right? Sometimes so, we learn those much later in life, but. <laughs> right, right. But it's a process. Again, this is the whole cycle. So we kind of get an idea and then maybe we're next year. We're not even in the same grade. We're not really friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Circumstances. Mm -hmm. So it shows up again Mm -hmm. and it might show up again until we say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) Right. Um, So there is a lot of what we're here to learn as humans that has to do with self-love, self-empowerment, really balance, living a balanced life. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at the um, a lot of our contracts and what we're coming to learn, it often will have to do with kind of this beautiful energy. When we think of kind of a mm-hmm. more divine source energy, we think of peace and love and compassion and balance. Mm-hmm and joy and fun you know, and 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 all of those pieces that feel you know kind of calm and juicy that this is what we as humans are really coming to learn but before that we go through anger and hurt and jealousy and blame and trauma and drama and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and so that's often how we learn And then, you know, in different ways, but often as we start to look at um, our patterns, when we can step away and look at it, you know, in that bigger picture way, Mm -hmm. we can realize, oh, a lot of these have to, you know, have a, have a similar story or similar connection. And is that what you are helping people to, to come to is recognizing that similar story? Right. Absolutely. So when we can look at our Akashic record, because it's the recording of you as a soul throughout time, and we say, why would I pick this relationship or these parents or this challenge? Mm -hmm. We can look often at, you know, what did you want to learn and where else in this lifetime and or in other lifetimes have we had this as a karmic pattern or repeating pattern Mm. so i just like to say when i talk about karma it's not about a punishment it's not about you know you being bad or wrong or having to um be punished for that. It's really about learning and growing. So when we can flip the idea of karma into the positive instead of into the negative idea of punishment, Mm -hmm. we can then say, oh, isn't that, you know, nice. (laughs) I picked this interesting (laughs) challenge (laughs) (laughs) so that I can um, open my heart and feel compassion Mm -hmm. instead of shame or blame or guilt or 
whatever I'm experiencing or jealousy, whatever it might be. I can feel love. I can feel forgiveness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can see this other person who has, you know, harmed me or hurt me or, or, you know, whether it's emotional or physical or mental, um, I can see that they also are part of source. They are divine souls. They are also infinite souls, just like we are. And when I can take the, the you know, kind of that um, demonization away, mm -hmm. and I can say, they're not evil, they're confused they've been hurt they've been harmed themselves mm -hmm. when we can see start to just kind of pull back so that we're seeing a much bigger picture it becomes easier to forgive someone to feel compassion because they had a horrific childhood themselves exactly, exactly. Um, and so we see the patterns and what we've come to learn and why we may have stepped into you know, a family that was really challenging mm -hmm. because often mm -hmm. as a, an ancient wise, really brilliant soul, we've come to help those people, even though they're our parents. Yes. 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 And, and we sometimes are the, the bridge to whatever the next step is. And even that I'm, I'm aware that um, when people start to understand how they act as a bridge for other people, a bridge to learning, a bridge to some kind of change, a bridge to um, being able to talk about something because you've come out of that and you've come to a different place. That's a profound shift in one's own being. Yes. Oh, huge. I agree. I think that um, so many of the clients I've worked with over the years have had really challenging childhoods mm -hmm. and they've really learned and worked through that and come out feeling like they're so much more conscious and so much more compassionate and able to help other people because they can see that bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the interesting thing is, you know, in our soul's plan and pattern, this may be the 12th lifetime we've had that experience. You know? so, so it's interesting to kind of look back how we've had similar experiences in other lives, similar but different. Yes. Sometimes we're male, sometimes we're female. Sometimes we go through this again with the same soul. Uh, because we both are trying to learn something. So in that soul contract, we say, okay, <laughs> we're going to try it again. <laughs> Let's see if we can remember this time when we're back in those silly little bodies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, cause I used to be a psychotherapist. I mean, that how familiar and similar this is to the kind of work I did yet. I I'm also wondering about, um, when you've learned the lesson and okay, you're now you're teaching it. And then there's the, it's, it's similar to what I was saying earlier, but then there's that place of, hmm, if I keep on focused on that, I don't move on with my life. I don't move on to whatever is really next for me. Right. Have you seen that kind of thing? Yes, I have. I, I've actually, you know, kind of fascinating, um, 
I've had, I'm going to say some of those experiences, but, but really a little bit more pre Akashic records. And so I realized how easy it was to get stuck in a story and bring it up again and again and tell that story again Mm -hmm. and again. And until I, I woke up one day and I thought, this is not helpful at all. Reliving this pain is just giving me more pain. Right. Right. And, and so I, I realized, okay, thank you, but I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> that was not, I had a very, very kind, sweet, loving friend who was like, how are you today? And I, you know, go into the story and I think, you know, after a couple of weeks of that, I thought, you know, I don't know. Yep. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But when I could, when I started to access this, this bigger, more expansive wisdom, and I would ask the record keepers, mm-hmm. they could say, this is why you wanted to experience this. This is how we um, how we can see it, what you're learning, how you'd like to share it. And some of the emotional trauma and pain that we've had in other lifetimes, mm-hmm. they've really taught me how to go into the quantum field of the all, which is where the Akashic records are stored anyway, uh-huh. to clear release and actually delete some of that old emotional pain and trauma that that we bring into a lifetime that can keep us stuck in that way of you know why am i afraid to speak my truth or mm-hmm. um some i mean we bring these triggers so that we can finish the lesson and finish right. the growth right so we That's, bring some of that get stuck Right. And we so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with what you're saying about the being able to go in and it's like deleting pieces of code. Right. Yes. And this to me is really why working in the Akashic Records is so powerful and really empowering because not only are we working on this moment, this life, this trauma, Mm-hmm. but we can go back and detangle it from the whole quantum mm-hmm. field mm-hmm. where it's wrapped into numerous different lifetimes, which are all still happening. Right. <laughs> and so we're like, let's pull all of that out and delete that thread, yeah. that code. Uh-huh. However, we like to talk about it or look at it mm-hmm. um, so that we're, we're free to move forward with greater ease. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always kind of funny because one of the things almost every one of my clients says to me is they say, I feel so much lighter. (laughs) I'm always like, (laughs) I'm always looking for something a little bit more profound. (laughs) And I go like, you know what? If you can take that weight of the world off of someone's shoulders. Uh Uh-huh. If you can take that emotional pain and trauma from a, a you know a challenging um, childhood or or you know trauma earlier in your life, if you can take that away and they go, "Whew, I can breathe," you know, actually, that's pretty profound. That's pretty huge. So, <laughs> have you seen? It is so profound, actually, and and, and so I'm glad that you're not uh, diminishing that in any way. Have you had the experience or seen people go from that place of really letting that go to uh, stepping into a whole new level of their purpose and their soul's plan? Um, Absolutely, I have. Um, 
sometimes it happens like in that hour, it can be pretty mm-hmm. amazing. I work with a client and, you know, I've had a couple of of clients over the years, of course, they're, they're, um, they're doctors often, or they're, you know, they've been therapists, or they're, they're pretty um, uh, already career driven, but they so they get really upset when they feel stuck or blocked. Yes. And when we can go in and say, Oh, well, you have these five lifetimes where you were, you know, killed or hurt or harmed for speaking your truth or for showing up in a bigger way or for inventing something amazing. You know, that was not a good thing back in the day. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're locked away. Many, many, many of us, I would say all of us have had different levels of these kinds of traumas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that have made us say, and often we create these, these vows where we say, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to get out there, you know, and publicly speak my truth because that got me killed or imprisoned or run out of town. And when we can clear that, I see people are like, I don't have that fear anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go do it. And, <laughs> you know, and off they go. And there's their new podcast or they're up on a stage or they're creating events or they're whatever, you know, yeah, whatever it ex- may be expressing yeah. in a bigger way because exactly. that fear is gone. That trauma is gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm curious, um, I have seen this and I haven't put it into this context, but it, if someone has had five lifetimes where they've been burnt at the stake, I mean, it's a kind of classic. Right, right. Uh, uh, but they haven't this lifetime had any kind of severe trauma that they can point to, that they even know about. And yet it's there in their body. I mean, they just know it and you see it and and they can give voice to the idea of it or the feeling of it, but without any kind of thing they can point to in this life so I'm imagining that that happens a lot a lot a lot and I would say that you know those of course are all the people types of people who come to me for an Akashic reading and healing session because they're like I'm ready to move forward I'm pretty motivated you know I have a pretty good life but I'm ready to kind of leave corporate world and and start my own business or do something else or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be um but there's some level of fear there's some level of something Mm -hmm. and and so when we go into their akashic records we might see these these traumas and be able to heal them Mm -hmm. sometimes um there's real um, kind of energy around low self-esteem or abandonment that keeps them kind of afraid of being seen in a bigger way and ridiculed. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they're very connected to our families. Again, throughout many, many, many lifetimes of having this sort of trauma. So many different traumas, of course, um, there's so many light workers here on earth right now Mm -hmm. that I would say, I don't think I've met a light worker who doesn't have some of that, um, you know, burned at the stake kind of trauma because, you know, that went on for like 500 years. And then there were other times in history where (laughs) we were. It happened in different ways. Many, many different ways, you know, so and and really, I think so much over a thousand or two thousand, maybe even more years, really. So, um, we have a lot of different 
traumas about not fitting in because often we've been kind of the light in not always light times like Mm -hmm. when we lived in the dark ages you might have gotten yourself run out of town just for saying the wrong thing right the the wrong belief with that one (laughs) (laughs) so um so it's common i think for all of us especially as light workers to have all of these varieties of trauma that often make us uh, afraid to Mm -hmm. to speak up especially when we want to be healers and and bring our work out Mm -hmm. and it's it's always um interesting because i actually train people to become certified akasha consultant um Uh. consultants and healers so i have a school where i teach people to do their own soul mastery akashic work for themselves Mm -hmm. but so many people are looking to go deeper into creating a more spiritual business that i certify people but it is inevitable during that seven month workshop (laughs) where i'm stopping and doing tons of group healing to clear Mm -hmm. all those past lives we got killed for being witches all those times we were we were um nuns or monks or um priests of some kind and we took vows of poverty and vows of chastity and vows of obedience mm-hmm. that hold us up and block us in all sorts of different ways right? yes i want abundance yes i want abundance nope yes you vowed back then yep. yeah yeah so they're they're big especially as we're going forward at this you know beautiful time in history where there's more light coming to earth we're also more triggered than ever before i think yeah and that makes sense that makes right. perfect sense. So, so you've talked a lot about, um, or described really a lot about how how our past lives will impact us today, and and I, you also mentioned earlier about soul contracts, and I'm curious about that in terms of that personal. Do we? It sounds like we make soul contracts on the personal level, like I'm going to support you or we're going to, you know, be together this next time and we're going to work it out. Does that have to be reciprocal? I mean, how does that, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question because basically we come together as souls and, and as we're writing our soul contract, it's not like we're writing it alone in a room. You know, we're like, okay, who wants to uh, be my partner in this life? And you might have a half a dozen souls, you know, raise their hand and say, we had a great life. Remember a couple of hundred years ago, that was so fun and so supportive. And, mm-hmm. and let's do that again. Let's support each other. And, you know, in this kind of very new spiritual time yeah and and someone else may say hey remember um when i uh died right after we got married and we never really got to finish that relationship Mm -hmm. so maybe we write a contract to um, come together and be able to support each other whether it's a marriage or sometimes we say oh um I want to have a full relationship with a best friend, a child, a parent, you know, so they can be in different jobs, in different jobs, right? It could be a different type of relationship. Um, And because we write many to have significant partners, because we're such a global world now, Mm -hmm. that soul that we want to partner with may end up across the world. 
and that doesn't mean we're not going to meet them. I mean, how many friends do you have who have married somebody in Europe when they and they've left the U.S. or they left wherever they live to move from Europe to the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So we do do that, but we also write many because of a timing thing. Uh So we can write soul plans, uh, soul contracts to be with a person, and they don't all come to fruition is basically what I'm saying. And that's all fine too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes we just, it's the timing isn't right. right? Sure. Sure. Wow, you're, you're, you know, my my mind is kind of being blown. <laughs> well, it's really being expanded, um, you know, because you're what you're painting the picture of of how we can look at life from such a different vantage point. So I, I'm curious because so many people are interested in wanting to meet their soulmate, right? What does that mean in your way of, uh, in the Akashic Records? Is there such a thing? Is the, What does that really mean? Um, well, no, there's not the one person mm-hmm. because the record keepers, of course, um, are pure source energy and very funny, but they, <laughs> they always say, really? And how are you going to find the needle in that 7 billion people haystack, right? Mm-hmm. And And so we make many plans, which is really part of the way it works. Mm -hmm. And a bigger story that they've explained to me is that when we very first individuate from source, we're kind of born in a basket, right? We come in with, say, um, 25 other souls. Ah. And then because when we individuate, we are really huge souls. Mm -hmm what I now say really becomes kind of that over soul. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that soul that was the original me along the way of traveling, embodying smaller bodies, um, wanting to live in multiple dimensions, we actually break into pieces. So we split into um, kind of smaller aspects of the one big over soul. Mm -hmm. And, We even split further, they say. So one soul may at one point split into a hundred pieces or a thousand pieces. So that would mean you would have a hundred soulmates or a thousand soulmates. So I just call them soul family. Okay. So (laughs) when you say split into a hundred pieces or a thousand pieces, it's still one soul. Help me understand that because I didn't. Yeah. So I think we have a couple of different things that go on. And I uh, is that one, we have a, a, a we always have a very big over soul aspect. And we have all these aspects of us that are happening at the same time because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm happening on another planet and right. in the past and in the future. Right. All whatever. 500 of me are all happening at the same time, which is mind boggling already as it is. So again, I sometimes think, I don't know, can we really wrap our brains around it? I'm trying, oh, I'm trying. But, right, right, right. <laughs> and I try and make it understandable. Um, and those 25 souls, mm-hmm. because I think we're so infinite, really. Yeah. Early on, the way in in our soul growth, when we're really more galactic and traveling more in the outer universes and galaxies, mm-hmm. they say we actually split even more so that 
from the the original jumbo mm -hmm. me, there might be a hundred of me that go on to stay as a hundred over souls. Mm -hmm. So now they're not me anymore. Now they're a hundred other uh, over souls. Uh huh. If that makes sense. So our our soul family actually goes from twenty five to you know. 2,500. <laughs> so there's actually a lot of us. And then because we're, I'm kind of wanting to go, okay, who would be here on the earth with me? It's not my aspects. Uh huh. It's soul family members that because I've known you forever, yeah. you feel like another part of me because we've all, you might've been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you might've been one of the other 25 that wasn't ever part of the original me, but, but we're now have become family. 2,500 of us mm -hmm. that maybe started out with 25 of us, you know, whatever, billions and billions of years ago. So here's what I'm thinking about or what that makes me think about. <laughs> one of the things that it breaks my heart over and over again is seeing the separation that exists in the world. And it, it, it often hits me at such a profound level that it's like, there's something about that that is bigger than I understand the way in which it hits me. And, and as I'm listening to you talk about the soul family, and I know that experience, I know that experience of meeting someone and no, it's like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, I've known you forever. You have been part of my soul family. I might not use those words, or I might. Um, how do you, how do you make, I, I don't know if what I'm really wanting to ask, but it's something about how do you make sense of that in relationship to the, the profound separation that exists? Because I'm sure we, part of my soul family is, somebody that shows up in a different race and a different sex and a different economic strata, all those things. And we're all connected. We're all part of this whole. Right. Right. Cause even whether they're your soul family or not, we are. Well, that's true. Yes. Connected. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that is really the, the goal of being human mm -hmm. is to go from what we see as separation in a physical body mm -hmm. to realizing that's never the truth of who we are yeah, ever. And so I think that when we find a soul family member that we remember, and sometimes there are our, 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 um, <laughs> our physical family, our genetic family. Sometimes it's your, your parents or your siblings or your children. Um, but often I find them in best friends. Right. Right. So, um, sometimes people call them twin flames. You know, again, I always figure we just split into a lot of pieces all over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, kind of, yes, this is part of that group. <laughs> right, right. And, and we have been one and we, we grok each other, right? Mm -hmm. In that very deep, I understand you in every way, even telepathically, which yes. is very helpful yeah. for us, mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> so I, so I had a VA like know, that, a virtual assistant like that. Right, right. It can I be somebody in lives in my brain. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that really helps us to take that 
one step towards realizing and remembering that we're not really mm -hmm. separate, that we're just... And, and and this kind of work, um, to me, working in the Akashic Records, being able to go into the the energy, the vibration of source, mm -hmm. to be able to um, talk to these beings of light that have kept our records for mm -hmm. a very long time. And for me to actually know just because they told me that I was at one point a record keeper. I was one of them. Yes. So when I said, why do you want me to help you? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I was, you know, 30 years ago, more like little old me, I'm just a mom in the suburbs, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And they were like, because you were one of us. <laughs> and I was like, what? And that makes perfect sense. Right. Right. And, and it did. It's just that, um, I think clairsentience, that feeling sense can be so profound for us. Yes. Not as easy to put into words, but it, that is the. <gasps> it's that inner truth. knowing. Yeah. It's to me, truth with a capital T where I'm exactly. like. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah that, that, that makes me, uh, that sends the chills up my back. Yeah. yeah I know right. that. And then I could say yes. And, and get over being just a little mom in the suburbs. Yeah. And there's no ego Going, one way oh, or the other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been more than that. I've not just this. I'm that too, or was that too. And of course, if I was that, I am that also. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, the great gift of the Akashic Records to me is being able to remember and really viscerally kind of remember, feel, step mm -hmm. into some of these lifetimes where we were something very different. Yeah. Yeah. And we were the wise ones. We were the whatever it is you want to do and be in this life. I'm sure you've done that and been that. And it's one of your soul's gifts. And so seeing that, knowing that, feeling that, stepping into that truth for you in its own right is just transformational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel it. I feel it, Lisa. And, and I'm realizing that, uh, oh, I looked at the time and my God, it's just like it's flown by and I'm... <laughs> probably have another few questions to ask you. However, I want to make sure that our listeners can know where to find you. So tell us, tell us the best place. Of course. <laughs> My website is akashicknowing.com. So relatively simple. A-K-A-S-H-I-C is the, the tricky part, spelling Akashic, but akashicknowing.com. Or, of course, you can look for Lisa Barnett at Akashic something or other, and you'll find me. <laughs> but, but, of course, on my website, you'll find um, the workshops I teach. I teach three online workshops every year mm -hmm. to start to access your own really soul mastery through the Akashic records. Mm -hmm. and one of the things the record keepers always say is that this is your birthright. Yeah. It is important that you start to remember mm -hmm. in that bigger way that you are an infant, ancient and wise soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So important. 
And I, I'm struck with, I mean, that was a great place to end. And I'm struck with how often I say that about the importance of remembering who I am, remembering who you are in the moment. And this adds a whole other piece to that. Um, because as we remember, so we can understand and live from the place in our own fullness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think that's, you know, the perfect baby step Mm -hmm. in a sense towards knowing we're not separate. Yes. Towards feeling that truth that we really are all one Mm -hmm. and that we really, you know, can shift the way we think and we believe and then we start to see it and feel it and we create really the beautiful heaven on earth that we've all come to create yes Mm. and these are just lovely I always ask the record keepers give me baby steps give me little steps I can take (laughs) yes yes it's Uh, a process right it is it is and and Lisa I'm so um I'm so moved by what you're doing, the work you're doing, and what you've offered to our listeners at Wisdom Talk Radio. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for the opportunity to share this beautiful Akashic wisdom with Mm. your listeners. So thank you, Lori. It's really been a lovely time. Yeah, thank you so much. And I want to thank our listeners, too, for being with us here today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. You can find us on all the different podcast places to listen, your favorite places. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please do leave us a review. That helps more people access the wisdom and ultimately to transform the world. That's what we're after. And for more about fast-tracking your ideas, your brilliant ideas, your brilliance to creation and to revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. And that's B-A-C-A. Take the quiz and find out your creative innovator style so that you can turn your ideas into reality without missing another moment. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.